Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's nice to actually need to take a little extra time for what we call, I don't know what we want to refer to it as here, but I'm used to that, what we just experienced being called past the peace. That's the, that's the melanated name for it, you know what I'm saying? It's good that we take extra time to pass the peace because that means there's a lot of peace to pass around. We love that. Today, I don't have too many words for you because this isn't about me. It's not even about anybody speaking to you. It's just about you. But something I'd like to invite you to consider today is an interesting tool with breathing. There's a form of breathing called vagus nerve breathing. Is anyone here familiar with that? Of course you are. We are hard way. Come on. <laughs> but among the many things that allows us to do is by activating the vagus nerve through this style of breathing, it helps us to relax a little bit more intensely. It's anti-inflammatory. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system. All this cute stuff, but don't worry about that. You'll get to experience it. <laughs> All you need to know in order to do it is you want to make your exhale twice as long as your inhale. So as you breathe in, feel the stomach extend and really elongate that exhale. Let it out real slow. Exhale longer than the inhale, that's it. And so with that being said, I invite you all to get comfortable, find the posture that feels best for you. You may close your eyes and just let the breath happen naturally. As you breathe out, feel as if you're breathing out of a straw. Bring your focus to your breath. And as you do so, relinquish all duty. You have no tasks to accomplish. You have no identity to uphold. Just breathe with me. One deep inhale. And Together, inhale and exhale. Don't anticipate my next words. 
relinquish anticipation completely. See if you can be totally here right now. With your full being. See if you can be here so completely that you breathe every breath as if it were your last. Breathe as if every breath is all there is. With every breath, you're going deeper. Your shoulders are relaxing. Your neck is loosening. Your fingers are releasing tension. Feel your eyebrows unwrinkle. Loosen them up. It's okay. As a collective body, the next time I say now, see if you can breathe with that level of completeness as if it is the only breath that exists. Let's do that together now. Let's do that two more times. Now. Really elongate that exhale on this last one. Now. Well, you guys did good on that one. Ever so gently, you know the drill. Bring your awareness back into your body. Bring with it the knowing that this peace cannot leave you, for it is interwoven into your identity, into your biology, your psychology. 
You are a quilt woven with the threads of peace. Embrace that. And in your own time, you may open your eyes. We love you guys. Thank you, Hartway. Good morning, good morning. Happy Sunday. Welcome, welcome to Hartway. I love to see your beautiful faces on a weekly basis. If you don't know who I am, my name is Danny. I started this community, my gosh, like seven, eight years ago in my parents' living room. And it's beautiful to see how we have expanded and grown and how lives have been changed. And can I tell you something? The people whose lives have changed the most are those who have been consistent, people who have stuck with it, and they keep coming, and they keep showing up, and they keep giving themselves to the community. And so today is a special weekend because I want to talk to you about the power and the value of spiritual community. Why is it that we're doing this in the first place? There's a whole bunch of other things we could be doing on a Sunday morning, like sleeping in, (laughs) going to get brunch, you know, when football season starts, you know, go to the Dolphins game, we can go to the beach and hang out, and y'all are in church. And I love it because when people walk into these doors, you know, first-timers, a lot of folks, they're like, oh my God, everyone's so beautiful. There's so many young people here, so vibrant and full of life. What's amazing is a lot of us here at Heartway, not everybody, but a lot of us here at Heartway, we've kind of evolved out of old iterations of church and religion. A lot of the traditional ways of doing church stopped working for us, and yet, even though we've come a long way from the beliefs that we used to have and the kind of churches that we used to be a part of, as we went out to explore and we went out on our own, we started to realize, wait a second, there's something really beautiful and valuable in spiritual community. I don't want to leave church behind entirely. I just don't want all of the baggage that typically comes with it. And it's crazy because there are a lot of churches that are super cool on the exterior. You know, like you'll find contemporary, modern, cool churches everywhere in South Florida. But even though the packaging is contemporary and modern and cool, the messaging tends to be very narrow and rigid and limiting and traditional, sometimes not in the best sense of the word. Here at Hartway, The inside is even better than what you see on the outside because our message is about having an open heart. Our message is rooted and centered in love. And so there's a ton of people that have actually told me, Danny, this is our last stop when it comes to church. If it don't work out for me here at Heartway, I ain't going back to a church. (laughs) And I get it because we've been through so much stuff. I mean, all you got to do is you know, go on Hulu or Netflix or HBO Max and you'll see another documentary every week about some sort of a church that had a whole bunch of shady business going on and a bunch of hurt and abuse that people have experienced. Some of us have lived through this. You know, somebody uh, messaged me this week and they're like, Danny, I thank you because they they finished watching a, a documentary and they're like, Danny, 
man, I just thank you that Heartway is the place that it is. And, and she was like, I, I just hope you're not like laundering money or something crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I promise you, okay, I'm not. I work like three other jobs just to do this, okay? But it's true we got trauma. It's called religious trauma, church trauma. But at the end of the day, community, even though we may not like community, I saw a meme today from, a, I like to follow these like philosophy, comedic uh, philosophy Instagram pages. And one of them, it was this picture of this old philosopher, like very beautiful picture of this guy like this. And it said, there are two kinds of people in this world. Avoid them both. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like sometimes that's what we want to do after we've had bad experiences like that in community. We're just like, I want to avoid people and all things church completely and totally. But community is actually an indispensable, non-negotiable non element of your spiritual growth and development. You literally can't grow without other people going with you on the journey. Like if you were going to be a musician, you got to get around other musicians. If you want to be a politician, I don't know why you would want to be one, but if you want to be a politician, you got to get around other politicians and start talking about this stuff and getting around the people that you want to be like, in a sense. Well, the same is true with spirituality. If you want to grow closer to God, if you want to grow deeper into your spiritual essence, it's important to get around other individuals that are on a similar trajectory. See, a lot of modern day religion and spirituality tends to be highly individualistic. I don't need anybody to connect with God. I don't need a church. I don't need a temple. It's just me and God. God lives inside of me. And that's true. That is very true. But another truth right alongside of that is that our character is shaped by community. Our character is shaped by community. And you can be the most disciplined human being. You can have the strongest willpower in the world, but more likely than not, you will never grow beyond the energy that you're surrounded by. And a lot of us find ourselves in environments that tend to overpower our desire to grow. We want to grow. We want to mature. We want to change. But it's hard for us to do that because of who we are surrounded by. The problem isn't you. It's like one author wrote, when a flower is not blooming, you don't got to fix the flower. You just got to fix the environment that it's in. And that may be the case for you. If you take a look at your environment, it may not be conducive for your growth. It's not something that you got to fix about you. It may be something that you have to fix about where you have planted yourself. There's a story in one of the Gospels about a paralyzed man who had a group of friends that wanted to bring him to Jesus because they heard about this man who was healing people left and right and their friend was sick. So they go to a place where Jesus was teaching and there was a bunch of folks there, a bunch of religious leaders and teachers and large, large crowd. And Jesus was teaching inside of a home. And these people tried to get their friend, they carried this paralyzed man through the crowd, but they were having a hard time getting him into the house where Jesus was. So they decided somehow, some way to get on the roof of the house, make a hole on it, lower the man down right before Jesus. And the story ends beautifully because Jesus uh, forgives him and then heals him. And he walks. It's a miracle. Everybody celebrates and says, wow, this is incredible. 
one of the main points of that story is how awesome that that man had friends who brought him to God, that brought him to truth, that brought him closer towards healing when he couldn't do it for himself. Who do you have in your life that's going to take you where you need to go, that's going to direct you towards God, towards wisdom, towards truth, not just tell you what you want to hear, but speak the truth to you. That's why it's so good to have the right people around you, because it helps to give you perspective, helps broaden your perspective. Getting around community helps you to get out of your head, too, because when you're alone and you're stuck up here, oh, my God, that could be a miserable place to be for a lot of us. But when we get in community, we get out of our head. And so we need people. But oftentimes when we get hurt and we go through pain because of people, right? Like people are wonderful and people suck at the same time. <laughs> it's really, it's the truth. Well, when we, when we experience the suckiness of people, we tend to hide. Like what does a turtle do when they're scared? It goes into its shell. You know, what does a chameleon do when it's scared? It just camouflages into its environment. I'm not here. You can't see me. And that's what we do as human beings. We isolate ourselves. And sometimes it's important to do that. When you're going through like a mental health crisis, may not be that time. You know what I'm saying? When everything in your life is like blowing up, may not be the right time for you to completely isolate yourself because you're scared of vulnerability, of transparency, of being honest. You're making your recovery harder for yourself when you try and do it alone. Utilize the resources that are around you. And if you don't have those resources, hello, welcome to Heartway. A wonderful community of people who want to walk alongside of you on this journey called life to help you bear your burdens. It's very easy for us to put up walls so that nobody can, comes close, but if you put up these walls so that nobody hurts you. Guess what? Nobody's going to be able to love you either. Nobody's going to be able to help you either. So you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. And it's going to be risky. You're taking a risk every time you choose vulnerability. And the risk is you may get rejected. The risk is you may not be fully and completely understood. But every time that happens, all it is is an opportunity for you to learn how to love yourself. The more you learn how to love yourself, the more capable you become of giving and receiving love. And as you embody this love more and more on a daily basis, which is coming from you and not anybody else, now you're going to start attracting more love into your environment and atmosphere because you're going to stop looking for it in places that you can never find it. Become the love that you seek. And every time you experience rejection, use that as an opportunity to accept and affirm yourself. Every time you're misunderstood by another individual, use that as an opportunity to understand yourself more deeply. And before you know it, there will be people in your life that are going to meet you where you are. And it'll be a beautiful thing. There's so many studies these days. Actually, before I get into that, let me read you this quote. This is from a... Uh, Martial artist guy. I don't even know how to say his name. Mitsugi Saotomi. <laughs> he does, he does Aikido. Somebody like, I'm never coming back to this church. That dude's weird. 
Okay, if you were all alone in the universe with no one to talk to, no one with which to share the beauty of the stars, to laugh with, to touch, what would be your purpose in life? It is other life, it is love which gives your life meaning. This is harmony. We must discover the joy of each other, the joy of challenge, the joy of growth. And what I was getting to is that there are so many studies that have been done, like literally people research this stuff and they have shown how having good, healthy relationships, being surrounded by community impacts your overall well-being in such a positive way. Even just physically, boosts your immune system, lengthens your life mentally and emotionally, decreases anxiety and depression, boosts your self-esteem, increases your capacity for empathy. When you're surrounded by a group of people that love you and walk with you and support you, that makes all the difference in the world. You are not meant to do life alone. Love is the meaning. Love is the meaning of the whole thing. And for love to be possible requires more than just you. For a human being to have genuine relationship, it's one of the greatest gifts in the world. It's hard to find people that you can say, this is a real, genuine friend. It's very hard to, to find that. But if you do, it's one of the greatest gifts that you can experience as a human being. To be fully seen, to be fully known with all of your faults, all of your weaknesses, all of your issues, all of your trauma, all of your baggage, and to still be loved. Wow. Some of us have yet to experience that, not because it's not available to us, but because we have not been willing to put ourselves out there. Spiritual community, in my estimation, has the ability to provide this kind of love and support to people in a way that no other kind of community can. Because we're doing community within the context of God, which means we don't just stay on the surface level. A lot of us are a part of communities, and it's not a bad thing, it's a great thing, but the conversation never gets beyond, what'd you do last weekend, bro? Oh, that was a nice vacation, man. What about the heat game tonight? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we need that stuff. You know, like one of my friends says, the pleasantries. We need the pleasantries. Okay, it's nice. They're nice. But sometimes we got to get a little deeper. You know, do you have people in your life that you can ask deeper questions to and that you allow to ask those deeper questions to you? How are you feeling? Right, like let's normalize talking about our emotions. Sometimes you can't do this with the people closest to you, like family members. Or there are certain friends that you have a, a dynamic with that it's just not, it would be weird to do that kind of stuff. So spiritual community gives us an excuse to get weird. You know what I mean? To get vulnerable, to get honest, to dig a little deep. The whole purpose, by the way, of spiritual community is to provide a safe space for people to be who they are without the fear of being judged. We don't always get this right, but that's the point. That's the purpose. So we're not here to fix anybody, which, by the way, because I know there's a lot of us, we have different experiences in spiritual community where it's like we got to hold each other accountable, you know? 
We got to fix each other and tell each other what to do. That person's doing something they're not supposed to be doing. You know? <laughs> no, mind your business. Fix yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Why are you so worried about what they're doing? Your job is to love that person. That's it. That's it. If you want to fix something, fix you. That's how we do it at Hardway. That's our rule. <laughs> okay? I was a while ago at the hospital with a young man who was dealing with some issues. And his father was there that morning that I was visiting with this young man. And the dad was really being like a mentor. He was giving his son like advice, words of wisdom. I don't know their relationship and how their dynamic works. From the outside in, as I was looking at this father with his son, who's in a state of distress, and I was seeing the father kind of step into this role and, and, and share wisdom and share insight and give advice to his son, I was like, man, this is so admirable. This is so beautiful to see this father uh, taking on this role. Well, when the father left the room and I started talking with the son, you know what the son told me? He just doesn't listen. He doesn't understand. And he's just trying to give me advice and like tell me all these things that I need to do, but he's not listening to me. See, you can have the perfect advice. You can know the answer to that person's problem. But that doesn't mean it's your place to give it. Are you listening? Are you attentive? Because sometimes that's all we need you to do is just be there with. So in spiritual community, that's what we're doing. We're offering the gift of presence to one another. I'm going to be present with you. I'm going to be a witness to your pain. I'm going to listen. I'm going to understand. I'm not here to, to, to fix anything. And if you invite me, to speak into your life, surely I will, but I don't need to. It's the gift of being with, solidarity, empathy. That's how you create a safe space. And when you create a safe space, that's how people begin to flourish. I want us to take a look at this story of a beautiful example of this. Hi, I'm Marvin, and why have I chosen Hartway? For me, uh, I don't per se say that I chose Hartway, but Hartway chose me. Um, I don't believe in coincidences. I was actually fortunate enough to meet the pastor at, a, um, at an event uh, that a friend of mine was throwing. And I've been looking for a church since I moved to South Florida about six years ago. Uh, I've tried three other churches and I never, ever, never was able to find my niche. Uh, I always felt like something was wrong with me, uh, being from South Carolina, you know, growing up in the Southern Baptist Church, uh, being black is, you know, frowned upon in some circles, being gay is definitely frowned upon. And church is very important to me and, and not being in that mix, I never felt like myself. Um, so once I had the opportunity to visit Hartway, I knew that I was in a place where I could be uh, not so much tolerated, but celebrated. Uh, and it's big for me. Um, I'm very, uh, again, grounded in church, and I understand scripture when it says, forsake not the assembly. So I always felt like that piece of my life was missing until I came here. And the very first Sunday, uh, there was a centering prayer that we did, and 
we were encouraged to reconnect with that five-year-old self. And I really felt God saying to me, welcome home. And in that moment, I knew that I had found a place that could love my heart back to where it needed to be so that I could help somebody else. So when I say hard way, that's the only way for me. That last line though, we did not tell him to say that. That was awesome. I was watching as he was uh, doing that video and I was like, whoa, where did that come from? That was great. As far as Heartway, it's the only way for me. That's a t-shirt. We need a t-shirt for that with that one. Isn't that awesome though? Isn't that beautiful? You know, and someone like Marvin who's probably been rejected from so many churches because of who he is. And he says, but church is so meaningful to me. I don't want to leave that behind, but everywhere I go, where, everybody's trying to fix me. Everybody's trying to change me. I'm a problem. Look at this quote. Very powerful by a Quaker by the name of Parker Palmer. By the way, we do something called circles of trust. And circles of trust is is really a paradigm that was created by this man named Parker Palmer. If you want to look him up, he has some great writings. He says, in true community, we will not choose our companions For our choices are so often limited by self-serving motives. Instead, our companions will be given to us by grace. Often they will be persons who will upset our settled view of self and world. In fact, we might define true community as that place where the person you least want to live with lives. (laughs) Community will teach us that our grip on truth is fragile and incomplete and that we need many ears to hear the fullness of God's word for our lives. See, because if all we're doing is choosing our companions, who are we gonna choose? We're most likely gonna choose people who think like us, believe like us, act like us, do the things that we like, don't do the things that we don't like. The grace of spiritual community is, you're gonna get stuck with some people that are gonna settle your view of yourself in the world. You're going to be surrounded by people that you normally wouldn't choose to be surrounded by. And God wants you there in that context so that you can stretch yourself, open your heart even more, make even more room through grace, through love for those that are not like you. The most important words in all of the scriptures, in my opinion, are the words, God is love. God is love. And then you just put a period after that. God is love. And if you and I are created in the image of God, that means that love is the reason for our existence. Love is our true nature. We are here to give and receive love. God is not a being that exists outside of us that we relate to. God is relationship itself. And you and I exist in this dynamic relationality that we call life. There is no you without me. There is no me without you. If it affects one of us, it affects all of us. God is the interconnectedness of all things, the energy that holds all things together. So to be able to see God in another, to see the goodness in another. That's where the transformation happens. And it's hard for us to do it because we don't even see that within ourselves. So spiritual community at its best 
is about love expressing itself through radical inclusivity. Which means when spiritual community is being done well, people are able to grow into the fullness of their truest selves. The problem with a lot of church and religion and communities like this is that oftentimes they require conformity. So you got to leave your own individuality at the door if you're going to belong here. Because if you want to fit in, guess what? This is like a gang. And we talk a certain way and we act a certain way and we believe a certain way. And if you're not about it, you can get out of here. Because you're just going to be weird and we're going to judge you. That's how it goes. Not on purpose. I don't think people are even conscious that they're doing it, but that's how it goes. True community creates true individuals. And where there is no individuality, there cannot be genuine community. Otherwise, all it is is conformity. True community is unity in diversity. And that's what we're trying to model here. I was having this conversation with a first-timer today. There's people here at our church that are on both sides of the political spectrum. We still come together. We worship God together. We love one another. We commune together. We're friends with each other. Because the basis of our communion is our common humanity. All right, before you're a Republican, before you're a Democrat, before you're gay or straight, before you're black or white, you are human. And we all bleed the same blood. And so we meet each other there at the level of our common humanity. Oftentimes, oftentimes, we join together in community as spiritual people as religious people, and not as humans. So when we come together in community as religious and spiritual people, guess what? Humanity starts becoming scandalous to us. Anybody shows their humanity and it starts becoming, whoa, offensive. As if it's not normal, as if it's not common. But because our community is being based on, oh, we're spiritual people, now the facade has to come up. This is church. You know, so people will be, families will be cussing each other out in the parking lot and then on their way to church. And then when they get here, tighten up, family. Let's pretend we're perfect, okay? That's not, we're not playing those games here. I mean, it's nice for you to do that so you don't bring all that negative energy in here. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate it. But if you have to come in here pissed, come in here pissed. And let us give you a hug. And just tell you it's going to be okay. Why don't you breathe with us a little bit? Why don't you write down one or two things you're grateful for this morning? See if it'll make you feel better after service. You know what I mean? We gotta, when we come together here at Heartway, we're all coming together as sinners. Everybody got that? We're all coming together. Me too. And by the way, I have to lead the way in this. So that means I got to be a sinner too. Okay? I'm just letting you know. I have to lead the way in this. Otherwise, if it doesn't start with me, it's not going to happen here in the community. So I'm, I'm going to continue to be honest, continue to be real, continue to be a human being. That's it. It's funny because 
now as a single man, okay? I remember when, when this became my reality a couple years ago, I was, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. And this is the thought that came to my mind. Talk about I'm being vulnerable, being a human, okay? I was thinking to myself, I think there are still some mistakes that I need to make. And if I'm in this role, am I going to have the freedom and capability to make the mistakes that I need to make just as a man trying to live his life in this world? And it felt real like restrictive for a second. And I had to work through a lot of that. And, you know, there's, there's not like a resolution to this. And I'm telling you, I'm just telling you that that's how I felt at one time. And I don't feel that way necessarily anymore. But it's a thought that comes to my mind. Okay, so now your turn to be vulnerable. Somebody tell me something, please. <laughs> it starts with me. And I know this. And I hope it reverberates into the rest of our community. We can just be honest with each other. We can be real. We don't got nothing to hide. Nobody's trying to be perfect here. We're humans. We're going to mess up. And we got to give each other grace. And we have to let people be individuals. That means, guess what? Somebody sitting next to you may think differently than you. That means, guess what? We're a part of a community where we're allowed to question some things. Sometimes people are a part of churches and communities where you're not allowed to question the doctrine. This is, no. You can't touch that. You cannot touch that. And if you do, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> Check out this story. Very touching. My name is Luciana, and I was born and raised Jehovah Witnesses. When anyone asks me how I was to be raised as a JW, the only sentence that comes to mind is, I never felt that I belonged in this world. I was never that kid that got to enjoy what an average normal kid did. I was that person that I was not allowed to have friends outside of the Kingdom Hall. As a matter of fact, that anyone that was outside of the Kingdom Hall was considered bad association. I was that kid that if anyone was celebrating their birthday or was eating a cupcake, I was not allowed to be participating or have that cupcake. Or if the national anthem was being played, I was forced to walk out of the classroom and not be part of it. I was never raised with any holidays. And because of all those differences, I was picked on, picked on a lot as a child. And I was pretty much bullied my four years in high school. I always questioned a lot of the doctrines. They never made sense to me. I always questioned why, and I was told not to question, to have faith. And it was my fault that I had all these negative comments about it, and I just didn't agree with it. I wasn't allowed to question. One of the things that I questioned was that if God is love and He created all of us in His image, then why, that, then why did they claim to be the only true religion? They claimed that you had to be baptized as a Jehovah Witness to seek salvation. And anyone that didn't get baptized as a Jehovah Witness, you would die in Armageddon. So in my early 30s, I gained the strength and the courage to leave. At the time, I had moved out with an ex-partner of mine, and because I wasn't married, I was living in sin. And my privileges were taken away, and I was shunned in front of the whole congregation. And that was the most humiliating thing I've ever experienced in my life. My parents were so hurt, but I knew it was time to leave. 
I promised myself that going forward, I would never allow anyone to mistreat me ever again. So in the last three years, I went through like this massive spiritual awakening. I know now what it is to have a connection with God being versus being forced to serve a God. I've been praying and begging God to help me find like-minded people that will help me grow, support my healing journey so I can become the best version of myself. And that's where I met Luna about six months ago with the Light Beings. And meeting her and going through their activation circles has opened up doors to a lot of amazing, beautiful things. More recently, coming to the Heartway, she invited me to a church service on an Easter, month, Easter service. And she told me that it helped her so much with the way she was brought up that it would help me, and she was right. The minute the girl started singing, I remember looking around and all the tears just started coming down. It was like, literally, it was like love at first sight. I remember so much joy, so much excitement. But it wasn't until Danny started sharing his wisdom and explaining how he didn't like, he disliked religion. He was very spiritual that his religion was love. I remember when I left the Jehovah Witnesses, I told myself that I will always live from a place of love and the love was my religion. So when he said that, my intuition said it with so much peace. I know God was talking to me and said, my child, you found your home. And the past four weeks, I've come in so excited. I want to share my story with everybody. Too excited sometimes, <laughs> too much excitement. And between the girls singing, Gabby's voice, and Danny's wisdom, I literally leave here with so much tears in my eyes, and I look so forward to my Sunday morning now. So thank you, you guys, for showing so much unconditional love. It's such a small timing. And thank you, Danny, for listening to your intuition and creating a space that we can come in and be ourselves and grow and keep learning. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? I love it. I love it. It's special. That's special. That's special. That's special. That's special. You know, and that's a safe space that we're providing to a lot. There's more where that came from. There really is a lot more where that came from. And we've been doing this for years, and I hope by God's grace we'll continue to do this for years. Many more lives. My favorite metaphor for what the church is supposed to be, I got from a, a friend of mine who used to be a pastor, and now he's an author and a teacher by the name of Brian McLaren, and he refers to church as a school of love. When church is at its best, it is a school of love. Emphasis on the word school, because you're here to learn. Okay, before religion made it all about what to believe, Jesus was all about how we love. And in order to learn how to love, guess what? You got to be disappointed sometimes by people. Your soul needs disappointment in order to grow. And a lot of us have a very idealized version of spiritual community in our head. Like we see the potential of spiritual community. And yeah, we got to do our best and try our best to try and live up to that potential of what spiritual community can be. But the reality of spiritual community is that it's messy. Like all community, it's messy. And you're going to come across certain personalities that you may not mesh with. Uh, the psychologist Carl Jung says when 
two personalities come together. It's like two chemicals coming together for the first time. And you don't know what the reaction is going to be. But it's going to be different every time. So you will experience pain. You will experience hurt. Yes, you're in a loving and accepting place. But not everybody is there yet where they can actually be able to offer that to you. So we've got to be realistic about the messiness of spiritual community. And as we face the reality that spiritual community can be messy, let's also recognize that experiencing the mess, taking the risk is worth it. It's worthwhile for us to be able to find what these folks have shared with us this morning in terms of a place that they can call home. And what's interesting is, you know, like what Luciano was sharing about Jehovah Witnesses, it's very easy to think like, oh yeah, that's just some fringe religion and ideology. No, most of Christianity is the same way. Our way is the only way. Our religion is the only religion. Our path is the only path. And here at Hartway, this is probably one of the major distinctions at Hartway is that we say, hey, we love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. We're going to learn from Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to live like Jesus. But we're also going to be open to the other ways that God reaches humanity. And it may not look like our way. So we'll just leave room. Like Jesus said, the wind of the Spirit blows where it wills. You don't know where it comes from and where it goes. But where you see the fruit of the Spirit, there you see God at work. So I don't care if you're Muslim or Jewish or atheist. If I see love, I see God. And I honor that. And I respect that and value that. And so may you find a home here with us at Heartway. May this become a school of love for you so that you can discover who you truly are and be able to really experience the beauty of spiritual community, hopefully in a way that you never have before. We're not perfect, but we're going to keep showing up and we're going to keep trying. And our commitment to you is that we're going to stay real, stay open, stay vulnerable, stay accepting. And I love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. All right, let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this community called Heartway, for the life change, for the transformation that's happening here in our midst. We thank you, God, that you're doing something so unique and special here. It's an experiment that we're trying out. But by your grace, we know that it'll work out, and that you're going to continue to increase our tribe, that you're going to continue to bring people uh, to come alongside of us here and expand the love and expand the community so that people can see that there really is a different way to do church. There really is a different way to do spiritual community. May we always honor you as we go about relating to one another, and I pray that we will be able to find true, genuine relationships here so that we can grow and change and become everything you've created us to be. Amen. All right, everybody. Love you. See ya. Take it easy.